0: I never thought that I would ever have the opportunity to be in a period drama simply because of the color of my skin.
1: The time has come for the social season. Tita, she to breathe, mama. My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you
2: so much drama, don't you just love it? I'm Max and this is the Fluffy With Podcast and I have one of the stars of Netflix's biggest show, Bridgerton joining me very soon. I've had the pleasure of talking to some awesome, inspiring entertaining people currently working in film, music, TV. They've just been so transparent sharing their highs and lows and just their dreams and their careers and I've just found all of the chats super inspiring so check them out, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Ruby Barker plays marina thompson in bridgerton we all fell in love with her um over the last few months watching the whole series and she's on the show today and we talk about a lot of stuff including what happened on the back of the success of that show
0: it was insane like because it happened over the course of like a couple of weeks, you know, the followers just kept coming and coming and coming.
2: Ruby also has a new film out this week. It's called How to Stop a Reoccurring Dream. It's pretty hard hitting and nothing like Bridgerton. Here's a clip. Akira, Mum, Mum, we were a pretty good family for a while, weren't we?
1: What's that got to do with <laughs> do you anything? It's not if I can help it no.
2: We also will be chatting BAFTAs. The nominations are out. Um, the actual award show itself happens in April. One of the nominees is Limbo. It's up for a couple of BAFTAs and we will be hearing from the nominee Amir Al-Mazri.
3: It may have taken me a bit longer because of maybe how, of my background and how I look but uh, I always remind myself I'm an actor. I like to tell stories and uh you know, trust, trust the process.
2: We're also chatting Grammys and Spider-Man, Tom Holland, becoming a deep, meaningful actor in Cherry.
4: Sometimes I feel like I've already seen everything that's going to happen and it's a nightmare.
2: Right guys, before I'm joined by Ruby Barker from Bridgerton, I want to talk about three of the biggest things happening in the world right now that we've all been discussing over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, over at FlippyWig.net as well. Grammys, BAFTAs and Tom Holland's new movie, Cherry. But I can't talk about this alone. I need somebody to debate with, somebody to um, work out what the hell is going on, not argue, just talk to. He's somebody that I met last year um, when he put out his film, Get Huge. I just love his energy and we've become mates. His name is Lewis Gribbon. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. very well.
2: Are you nervous? Tell the truth, you're not allowed um, to talk about yourself.
1: It's up there with every acting audition I've ever done. You
2: didn't have to audition, you got the part, what are you talking about?
1: Okay, roll call Duncan McDonald, Team no! Gibson, DJ Beatruit. Can I have your real name? Just that third one down there William de Beauvoir. William de Beauvoir. Oh.
2: It is so much banter, so much fun. It's called Get Duke. You can check it out on Amazon Prime. Lewis Grimm, one of the stars of the film, is hanging, but we're not talking about him. We're talking about everyone else's work today. First up, let's do it. It's out today. Um, Tom Holland has a brand new movie. It's called Cherry. It's been made by the Russo Brothers. And you can currently stream it on Apple TV. Here's a clip.
1: How long have you been back? Eight months. Have you been evaluated for PTSD before?
4: Isn't that what we're doing here? Are you currently on any medications? Xanax. For my anxiety, but they don't work anymore. How's your pain level? Like mental pain or physical pain? Both. Nine out of 10.
2: It's the Flippy Week podcast and that is Tom Holland's new film, Cherry. It's like an epic story of romance, war, drug addiction and crime. Actually based on a true story um, by a former soldier called Nico Walker. The Russo brothers um, bought the rights to his book and they wanted to make this. And for those of you that are thinking, but Tom Holland playing a role like this, that's so strange. I heard Tom didn't want to do it and he was really uncomfortable doing this role to the point where he literally even had to shed loads of weight and he had to play a character, you know, somebody that's a complete opposite of who he is. But the Russo brothers really pushed him to do it. And feeling uncomfortable with people that make you feel comfortable, I think was a good thing for him. And I think if anything, this is the film that's probably going to allow him to show the world he's more than just Peter Parker. Okay, so Lewis... I know you haven't watched it but you've checked out the trailer and you've read my review. <laughs> what were your first thoughts like when you heard that Tom Holland was doing a film like this?
4: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So, to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a
1: thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, to get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at MintMobile.com/slash-switch.
2: switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,
1: this is my Oscar performance. This is my kind of like, oh, I'm a real actor. I'm a real actor. I'm not a superhero actor. I can do whatever I want. I can be um, this big dramatic actor. It was a bit like, okay, I see what, okay, you want to be taken seriously. So this is your serious type of, oh, let me pull the, I'm a real actor. I'm not just a star kind of move, which is quite a cynical way to look at it, but that's what I thought.
2: I'm glad you said that because I was like all right calm down bit of hate coming from there um I think Robert Pattinson and Daniel Radcliffe come to mind two people who've also had many people feel how you feel when they've tried to kind of transcend that big blockbuster type of role the critics have been divided and a lot of people agree with you but some people also agree with me you're never going to win this argument right people have this like real dislike sometimes when it comes to success if you are independent and cool and edgy it's like i've chosen to be like this but let's be real most people that work in indie films they would rather get paid a lot more and be in bigger movies and get seen by more people so in a way it's like tom doing it backwards so my thing is i genuinely think it is cynicism and i do think it's hating
1: it's that hard part of like if you go from like fate um big superhero big mainstream movies first and then you worked your way down it just looks like you're trying to like oh look at me i'm, I'm getting credibility whereas like if you go the other way it's like um mm-hmm. oh yeah like you you got to the top because you worked hard and you you know you went for the struggle you were successful because you worked hard and got there but like obviously he's got that issue of he's just oh i must i'm a big star already i don't You know, I've already proved myself, I don't have to try, but I guess that's commendable in a way. It's like him saying, you know, I want to work on smaller projects and show that I can be a talented actor and take roles that might not be, I might not be the best at, or might, you know, be really difficult to try and work on, you know what I mean?
2: When you watch it, we need to talk then, because once you've watched it, although I still think Lewis, you're gonna watch it with the most critical eyes and ears. So you're looking for faults.
1: Okay, well, all I'll say is, um, if it was an unknown actor, yeah. it'd be a lot easier to get into the story.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and I, when you look at, well, from watching the trailer, I think the first few like, the first minute of it, you look at it and you think, that's just, oh, it's Peter Parker in high school. And then obviously as it transcends, it looks like, you know, he really goes through all this traumatic stuff. So well, yeah. I think he, he could get a really good performance and yeah. Change my opinion, but I have to watch it.
2: Um, I I say, everybody, check it out. Uh, Make up your own mind. It isn't perfect, but I definitely think it's well worthy of watching. Congratulations to the Russo brothers as well for going back to where they started. Real stories that mattered. And I think um, the Russo brothers said recently, PTSD and their friends, some of them that were in the army that came back, suffered from it. And for them, that was part of the reason they wanted to tell this story. I'm intrigued to see what everyone else makes of it, so let us know. Also, got a shout out Sierra Bravo, the co star. Aside from her looking like Selena Gomez, um, I kept thinking of Selena Gomez, she's actually really good in this. And sometimes we forget how important the supporting cast are. They really make those scenes come together. So um, look out for her. I think she's a future star.
4: I have this noise in my
2: head. It'll suck. One day it'll go quiet.
4: I don't imagine that anyone goes in for a robbery if they're not in some kind of desperation. I've been at this a while now, and it's no secret what my face looks like.
2: Wow. Last year, there was a hashtag, BAFTA So White. And there were no black minority actors in any of the actor categories at all. This year, it is quite the opposite. In fact, let me get this completely right. 16 out of the 24 nominations are ethnic minorities. Now, BAFTA Lewis set up this... Um, elevate group where they brought in actors people in the industry from different minority groups different backgrounds put them all together to help make sure this problem doesn't happen again because the pressure was on them yeah so it feels like it's worked
1: yeah absolutely i think like there's so much diverse talent and they shouldn't have ever like limited it to you know race or gender or anything like that it should always be about the talent it should always be about the storytelling with filmmaking or the directing, regardless of, you know, how big you are or small you are, first film, second, tenth film. And um, I think it's great that there is more, that there's more inclusion and there are different stories and voices coming through that have been overshadowed for way too long and now are finally getting their, you know, place at the table, their more recognition. I think it's a great, you know, I think there's only a positive, really.
2: When I think about Get dude it was, in some ways, it felt like taking the piss out of, like, people's narrow-minded attitudes, but using humour to kind of, you know, Viraj was one of the leading stars alongside you and the other two guys, but, you know, he's an Indian-British-born actor, but we very rarely see a story with somebody that is... I hate saying minority, but I guess I think minority that isn't yeah. about their background, like something to do with immigration, something to do with racism. But here was Get duped, that it had nothing yeah. to do with that. It was just four young guys that were all friends going on this journey.
1: We, uh, none of us ever cared about it. We were just all excited to be in a film. We all really just, we all really like, so I just saw Raj as my mate, as a good friend and a co-star. I never thought about, you know, his race or where he came from and, and that, and that honestly was it. It was just like, we four were meant to play those parts. We were lucky and we became friends and that was it. We never, we never fought beyond that. That um, There was never like a wider discussion of, oh, you know do you feel okay with this? Oh, there's some jokes about terrorist handbooks or are you okay with like Well, I think Ninian said, ask Raj, could we make the joke flip? Like we were about it or were you, cause you expect, oh yeah, you're gonna say, Oh, I downloaded it at Brad because, you know, um, or DG Beat Roots because he, he's the ethnic character. But no, it, fl- it flips it on its head. You know, where you're from or who you're from or how much you've done or how little you've done.
0: Yeah. If
1: you're the best for the part and everyone, and the producers, the director, all that think that's the person, then yeah. that should be the person. That's like the way I've always viewed it.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. But I also think it's really interesting because... I'm a presenter, producer, DJ, all these different things that I do. And I don't want to ever get a job because of my race or my gender. But I will also say that sometimes when we don't have these um, sort of quotas, you know, whatever we want to call it, box ticking exercises, people that are from minority groups get overlooked. So it's, it's, it's important, but it's also like it should be the most talented person. Okay, BAFTAs. Limbo um, is one of those films that has had an absolutely amazing run in the indie film scene over the last two years and it's been nominated for a couple of awards at the Baffers, so congratulations to all the gang it's up for uh, best outstanding british film which is like huge before we hear from Amir al-Masri the star of the film um on just how he's feeling Lewis (laughs) you had like a little role in this film didn't you what was your like memory of doing this film what was it like
1: I re- I just remember thinking, you know, Amir was a really cool guy. I mean, I, the few days I was on set and got to speak to him, he was just really cool. Um, and I just thought that, like, oh, this is the type of role that I, I'm probably viewed to play—a <laughs> bit of an idiot, who's a bit of a, <laughs> a, but not a redeemable one, just a bit of a, a t- terribly offensive character, but but stu- and stu- just ill-informed, but. Um, I just remember reading it and thinking this is such a cool kind of beautiful story and um, I couldn't wait to see it play out. So when I got to finally watch it, it was just so cool. Um, And I cringed whenever I was on screen because I just didn't, my part was so cringy. But um, I liked it, it was so good.
2: It's called Limbo, is up for a couple of BAFTAs, and the star of the film, Amir Al Masri. I had a good chat with him, um, and I wanted to just speak to him firstly, just about the fact that the film has been received so well over the last couple of years, and how he feels about it.
3: I think uh, this has been a constant conversation over the years about you know rep- equal representation, um, or just reflecting society in an accurate way. Uh, and to be given this opportunity just to, you know, just to be a leading man in a, in a, in a film. Obviously, credit to, to, to Ben Sharik and Rune and, and the, you know, the, the producers behind it as well um, for giving me this opportunity. But also, you know, giving people that, that platform
2: yeah.
3: when, when you know it could be a commercial risk as well, mm-hmm. potentially from something that they may, might be used to as well.
2: You're also a part of BAFTA's Elevate group, where they brought in a lot of different diverse people in film to basically give them a good shake-up after what happened last year. And I know that you've been kind of having these constant regular meetings with all of you together. The film Limbo is up for Outstanding British Film, which is brilliant. Um, it's probably the most diverse um, BAFTAs I've ever remembered seeing. So what sort of conversations were you guys having in that group for birth, Do you
3: know what? It's 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 you know it's it's everything that we say to the press anyway about um, not just there being uh, equal representation uh, in terms of uh, uh, backgrounds, but also uh, about you know how many women and men are working together on a project as well. Um, I think that still requires a lot of work, um, and uh, you know there is there. You know that has, that's that's basically what we're talking about constantly, yeah. and about collaboration as well, and and, and the idea that uh, there's plenty of food on the table. We just need to be able to uh, get used to the idea that we're stronger together rather than uh, you know all going our different strands.
2: It's been a pretty interesting exciting up and down a few years for you but you've definitely been grafting and putting in the work in the background and doing all these smaller roles in a lot of different films i mean i remember seeing you in industry last year which was just incredible but um you know the film it's nominated for two awards which is awesome and i hope that this means more success for you as well and more attention to what you're doing um any advice for your peers
3: i think uh you know be patient uh and uh, for every ten no's you're gonna get, you're gonna get one that is uh, is the right one for you. I think this industry is about pers- perseverance. No matter what you look like, um, you know, uh, you know, I may it may have taken me a bit longer because of maybe how, of my background and how I look, but uh, I always remind myself I'm an actor. I like to tell stories and. Uh, You know, trust, trust the process and, you know, having a good team around you as well, you know, uh, rather than, oh, does it have to be uh, a white male? Why can't it be someone like myself? Um, Is there any other reason as to why that character needs to look a certain way? And
2: Lin Bayou, what is your fondest memory of making the film? What's the one thing that will stick with you forever?
3: (sighs) Man, Uh... I guess, I uh, guess dealing with the quiet. Uh, I think oh, playing Omar has changed me actually a lot uh, in terms of having more patience and, and actually realizing where where you put your energy. Um, and also meeting meeting you know refugees who who, who had done a similar routes uh, in in Scotland uh, that played a important part not just in my my research in getting into Omar's head but also just as a person as, as a human being I think more often than not we feel so alienated from from something but then when you're faced faced with it you realize that we all want the same thing Two, three,
4: who y'all came to see tonight come on, come on. who gonna get the ladies feeling something Ooh! We lock this groove in tight. Yeah. Uh, we we'll it in there. Don't us this groove down for
2: nothing. We are currently talking about all the things you guys have been busy discussing, debating and fighting sometimes on social media about is it still important because you know musicians they crave a Grammy or a Brit. But they don't really care so much about all the other awards shows they are kind of like they do and they don't. I'm wondering for you like do you still care? Or do you still think God one day
1: I wanna win a BAFTA. I don't hold out, like, not not. I don't hold out like, oh my God, I'm gonna get an Oscar or a BAFTA. I think that's just such a, it feels so far away for a lot, for most actors. for the, And the majority of us will never get one. As much, even if we're great, even if we do a great performance, we'll never get one. So the way I think about it is, it would be nice, but it's not It's not what I need. It, all I want is acceptance from directors and producers and other actors to say, yeah, Lucy's is good. As long as, as long as I have respect for my peers, then I could care less about awards.
2: Grammys I'll take taking place this weekend. I'm super excited about it. Even though it's remote, I love the performances. Um, there's a lot of awesome artists that are going to be taken to the stage, including um, Megan Thee Stallion, um, Doja Cat, Hawaii Door, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish. Are you as excited as me? Like, do you get gassed? Do you watch it? Do you care about it?
1: Um. Well, I find my th- this is how I find my music. I go onto Apple Music. I look at album covers. If yep. the album cover looks cool, I'll download. I'll I'll listen to some of the songs, and if the songs are good, I'll download it.
2: Bruno and um, Anderson Paak are performing as "Silk Sonic" for the first time. I know you and I are both fans of the track, which is really exciting. And- yeah, and Grammys have been like literally tweeting this conversation between Bruno and Anderson Pack for the last few days and it's deflected away from the other issue that happened. Now, the weekend, his album last year was probably after hours was probably one of the biggest selling albums of the year, top five. I think it was the fourth biggest selling album. He got no nominations, blinding lights, huge track, couldn't get away from it. 2018 though, his Starboy album. Three Grammys. I think he did really well. This for these nominations, he's got zero, not one. Now he wasn't happy about it. Elton John and various people also spoke up. He suggested that the Grammys are corrupt um, and it's not necessarily fair because why have I been overlooked when I've had all this success? The Grammys' response is, "We're really sorry, but great performers every year will lose out of nominations because not everyone can get nominated." Um, he is a past winner. Initial thoughts, what do you think?
1: I get the idea of like, you know, if you work really hard on something and you think it's better than your last album, you think, oh, if, if, if they like Starboy, they're gonna love this and I'm gonna get more awards and I've worked really hard and I've deserved, and there's bias. And I get, there's always been this issue with the Grammys where it's sometimes like people get nominated, but you've never heard of them, or they're very not, they're not as successful as some of the other musicians, not as high profile. They don't have the, the song, the single or the big song.
2: There should be a real specific, Breakdown of how you decide who wins in these award shows because is it about success? Is it about hard sales or is it about the art the art as in? There's loads of people like that put out great projects that don't get a lot of success on charts and Spotify and Apple music So I do think they should be more clear on how they decide what criteria it takes But the weekend did have one of the biggest albums of last year now Dua Lipa, Beyonce, Doja Cat, Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift her, Kate Renada, The Baby, Justin Bieber, all of them are nominated. Um, Zayn Malik put out this on his Twitter a few days ago ahead of the Grammys, right? He said
3: Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
2: F the Grammys and everyone associated, unless you shake hands and send gifts, there's no nomination considerations. Next year, I'll send you a basket of confectionery. Then on the back of everybody getting involved and sharing their views, he said, my tweet was not personal or about eligibility, but was about the need for inclusion and the lack of transparency of the nomination process and the space that creates and allows favoritism, racism and networking politics to influence the voting process. Now, I didn't know this. On the back of this, I did a bit of research. In the 61 years of the Grammys, only 10 black artists have ever won Best Album. Mad, that's mad. Mm.
1: There was issues. There was definitely there was definitely issues between, you know, race and music and what they want to, to win. Do you know what I mean? There's there's probably a bias. There's so little, like, clear definition of what they won that it probably makes it so murky as, is it just about the music? It can't be just about the music. Surely it's not just about the music. It's gotta be about.
2: It's gotta be about star power as well. Like if you've got, say for example, Billie Eilish performing or Justin Bieber yeah. performing, you naturally think, oh, well, they're gonna win something. They must've done a deal. Yeah, well, like you don't yeah. think, oh, they're just gonna perform and they're not gonna win anything. If they're nominated for multiple awards, you naturally start to think, well, oh, the Grammys are gonna to have to give them something because a label, a manager, somebody sat down and said, okay, for Billie to perform, because Billy's got hundreds like millions of people that follow her like I, I don't think the artists realize so much But I definitely think the labels and the managers. There's definitely some form of like. Dodging us, going on behind the scenes, in my in my opinion, I always want to believe that Lewis, like always, and it infuriates me when I have examples when talent gets overlooked because then it just puts me in that place of I'm gonna be an angry person that's gonna be like it's not fair, and I don't want to be a it's not fair person.
1: You gotta keep you gotta keep faith with that kind of stuff, but it's like it's like um. <laughs> Whenever when there was open auditions for Star Wars, right, and they and it's just like all these people that are probably unrepresented and some and probably some of them wanted to go because it was for fan, for fandom. Some went just for the sake of going, but some were probably really good actors, yeah. but they just don't have representation. They don't have the backing. It's just like you know, it's like imagine auditioning for Finn, but you're a fairly unknown actor, and then you've got John Boyega who did a the block. And, then, and again, I'm not, and that's just not me saying John Boyega didn't deserve the role because he did, because he was talented and he's the best person for the role. But it's hard to be like John Boyega did Attack the Block, big film, you know, cinema release, actor that's done a few plays. Do you know what I mean? The director was like, "Oh, I love Attack the Block," and then right. went to see him for like, that.
2: that. Doesn't it then just mean that all of us that have decided to go a more independent route have to? Navigate the system and make new rules.
1: Over the last few weeks, I've been trying to like better my technique, you know, really take more time with things, um, think more about what I'm feeling in the moments, what I'm trying to achieve with scenes, uh, more than I normally did. So I'm, tra- I'm thinking, I'm trying to think deeper about acting in general, and like doing less is more in a way, because I think sometimes as an actor, for me anyway, um, I feel like I have to do more to show that I'm acting, but it's like less is more like if you can be quite grounded and neutral and still maintain what people want to see in the character it's more interesting because it's for camera and like you never overacting doesn't work so it's like I'm trying to you know become more grounded think more deeper about the craft
2: I love that super deep it's really weird I'm trying to do the same thing too kind of be really present in the things I'm doing rather than constantly thinking of other things while she'll doing that task Lewis this has been so much fun I can't wait to do it again thank you how can people connect with you by the way
1: my world is selfies mainly so um <laughs> Instagram
2: because I'm very
1: vain I'm very vain um Gribbon Lewis at Instagram is probably the best way to reach me
2: right guys get ready I have an incredible guest joining me she's one of the stars of Bridgerton which is the most successful show ever on Netflix Ruby Barker joins me next Do you ever bring the same
0: dream? a
3: referring
0: dream.
3: We're going to spend some time apart.
4: It's a trial
3: separation.
1: We just think it's appropriate given the circumstances that your sister comes with me. Oh, thank
0: God. Kelly. So if all goes well, we're never going to see each other again
2: it's dark and super intense it's called how to stop a reoccurring dream and it's out right now to stream it's the feature film debut of british writer director ed morris also congratulations to edith bowman her first time executively producing a film and it stars a lady that i absolutely love she's been all over netflix over the last few months in bridgerton playing marina thompson her name is ruby barker and she's here right now ruby lockdown has been insane for all of us but for you it's been pretty good as well because you had the success of bridgerton i mean how did that feel
0: i feel absolutely incredible i feel very very lucky because this lockdown has been hard on everyone and for me with bridgerton coming out it's given me so much to focus on and keep my mind busy so i'm just really grateful that i had that opportunity and that it's just given me stuff to do during lockdown
2: how to stop a reoccurring dream. Congratulations. Um you did such an awesome job playing Akira. Um so much emotions, um so much like intense anger as well. This was like quite a challenging character for you to play, it's so very different to what we've seen you doing. How did you find it?
0: It was an intense film to shoot. I mean we shot it in about two weeks. So we, we were running to the next setup and stuff like that um it was it was a crazy film to shoot and obviously the budget was tiny in comparison to Bridgerton um but none of that mattered because we had a fantastic script we had a great team we had a great director hot talent and i think everybody's hearts were just in the right place when it came to making this film um from every department and that's why it all just came together really well and Everyone believed in it and they believed in Ed's vision. Yeah. And I'm I'm just I'm over the moon with how it's turned out. Akira. Mom. Mom, we were a pretty good family for a while, weren't we?
1: What's that got to do with do you anything? It's not if I can help it, no.
2: Also, what a contrast compared to like Marina, you know, what we've seen you doing because that came out first, obviously, Bridgerton. And I think it really, also for me, was pretty exciting because I thought for you, Ruby, as an actress, to have something out of two things that are completely different, it just shows your versatility as well, which is pretty exciting, right?
0: Yeah, to- yeah, totally. Because, um, yeah, they, they come from completely different worlds, um, but, and they're very different characters, but at the same time, they have a lot of uh, sim- similarities as well. Um, Both are complex, both are fiery, you know? And these are just qualities that I personally love in in characters, in female characters. And um, yeah, I think I just like, I get that from my mother, to be honest.
2: There's a big, intense road trip. I don't want to spoil it for people when they watch it, but it's pretty, like, everything that could happen happens to your character. In real life, have you got anything that comes close to that, like, a road trip? Like, what do you like on road trips? Are you the one that picks the playlist? No,
4: but I've had some crazy breakfasts, you know? I've traveled all over Tanzania. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
3: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: With um, with Rally International, who yeah. is an international development charity, mm. and I went out to Africa when I was 17, <laughs> and it was wild because it was just a bunch of 17 to 25-year-olds leaving home for the first time go into like Africa, do you know what I mean? And it was, yeah, that was a crazy road trip. And on the bus, on the front of the bus, there was a sticker that said, and the roads in Tanzania are some of the most dangerous in the world, but the sticker on the front of our bus said, this bus is protected by the blood of Jesus.
2: Oh God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which was quite funny and um bit, bit daunting, bit scary, probably cause they hit him over about five miles behind, but.
2: But what an experience um I have to talk to you about Bridgeton as well you've now got the tick and I hear you're like a proper little Instagram lady so you're pretty happy about this was it surreal like seeing the follower count just go
0: yeah it was insane like because it happened over the course of like a couple of weeks yeah you know the followers just kept coming and coming and coming and what what was what's really nice about it is is that Each one of those followers is somebody that has watched my performance and enjoyed it. And I've connected with them on some personal level for them to seek me out and follow me. So it it really is the nicest feeling. Do You all sit down and think,
2: have you got your verified tick yet? What's going on? Because like all of you have become kind of overnight stars, haven't you?
0: Yeah, me, me and Martin's in Hang Bay who played Will. Yeah. We were we were so vexed because we didn't have our blue tick straight away. So we were messing each messaging each other like every other day, like when are we gonna get our blue tick? <laughs> and then we got it, so it's all fine. How did you endure two and twenty years of marriage without love? You find things to
1: love, my dear.
0: Small things. Big things too, like your babies and eventually they add up to be enough i cannot i do not know this man i do not love this man i cannot marry this man
2: just absolutely love it so much pleasure watching it one of the most successful series ever on netflix Bridgerton and the lady that you just heard playing Marina Thompson, Ruby Barker is my special guest um, on this week's podcast. Ruby, the thing that I think I loved about um, Bridgerton and well, one of many is the fact that for once it was the other way around. We weren't just seeing women being looked at by men as like sex symbols, but instead, you know, there were lingering shots of men uh, from a female gaze and women just looking at men in that way. And I, I absolutely love that. I love that it was reversed and Shonda and the team really a kind of came from a different perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's about female pleasure, you know? It's it's not the male gaze, you know? Um, it's integral to the story and to the character, and it's it's there for a reason. And um, I think the way that uh, Daphne's sexual journey is portrayed in Bridgerton, I think it's really beautiful, and I think they, they did it really well.
2: I'm so glad that they um, had characters like your character, Marina, because I think it was just really interesting to see what was gonna happen with her. You never quite knew, like, what decision she was gonna make, what way she was gonna go. Um, Did you love playing her? And you must have enjoyed all the dress up, because I know, even though most of the time we're in jeans and t-shirts, to wear those gowns like must have been unbelievable. Yeah, it was like being a
0: princess every day. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's
2: also just nice being, on, being in costume because you don't need to worry about dressing yourself, you know. And I think there's been a lot of talk also of like inclusion and diversity. And Adoaya, I think I saw an interview that she did where she was saying, if you go back in history, black people were always there. And what Shonda and what Chris and everyone has done is just telling a story, but there are facts behind this as well. But I loved seeing such a diverse cast, like normalising it and not, oh, look, there's a black person, oh, there's a brown person. Yeah, I mean, I never thought that I would ever have the
0: opportunity to be in a period drama simply because of the colour of my skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shonda Rhimes comes along. The heavens open. A, a role lands on my lap in a period drama. It doesn't matter the fact that I look like this, you know. It's, it's not. It's not. That's not important, you know. It's just. It's just everything. The diversity that she's brought, and I think that it shows that it can be successful as well. Like, Bridgerton's the most watched show on Netflix ever. You know, moving forward, it's gonna create change in the industry and hopefully there'll be more colorblind casting and stuff like that. You love him. What? No, it makes sense now. Your objections, your meddling. You love Colin Bridgerton.
2: You know not of what you speak.
0: I believe I know so much more than you, Pen. Of Colin, of the world. If I am to be the executioner of this childish infatuation, then so be it. Your love is an unrequited fantasy. Colin sees you as you are and regards you no differently than he does Eloise, or even little Hyacinth. He sees me as a wife, a woman.
2: And you all genuinely look like a big gang of mates, just like, is this our lives? I mean you wouldn't have expected you wouldn't have no idea what was gonna happen when you were shooting this. But um it just looked like such fun. Yeah,
0: it was a lot of fun. There were some serious is this our lives moments. Like we got to stay in some genuinely beautiful places. And there was a spa at one hotel I got to stay in, and I I lapped that up. And let me tell you what I would do for a spa, I think what all of us would do for a spa right now.
2: I'm gonna give you some scenarios, and I want you to pick one person and say why, okay? Based upon their characters, you're Ruby, you're not your character, Marina, but they're their characters. So your choices are Simon, Daphne, Penelope, Lady Danbury, and Anthony Bridgerton. Okay, so your first one is, who would you go to for relationship advice? Well, relationship
0: advice, Lady mm.
2: Danbury. Oh, Danbury, Lady Danbury. Okay, she'd be quite
0: wise and to the point. Yeah. Honest.
2: Um, who would you go out raving with?
0: Is, um, I would go with my cousins, Prudence and Philippa. I know they're not, ever they on that list, but I would <laughs> but go... you added them? Yeah, I'd go with my cousins,
4: definitely.
2: <laughs> okay, alright. Um, whose wardrobe would you raid? The Queen's. Wow. I love how you're breaking the rules right now. You're just picking whatever you want. That's fine. That's fine. Um, If you were in a beef, a real fight is coming your way and you need some backup. Who are you going to?
0: Honestly, (laughs) Penelope.
2: I'm going to Penelope. Don't underestimate her. (laughs) She can handle herself.
0: Yeah. She's Irish as well, isn't it? (laughs)
2: Do, so. <laughs> i do love her um and who would be the best person to have a gossip with and a cup of tea
0: i think i would gossip with uh daphne i, I would have a little gossip with daphne i reckon she'd be a laugh
2: yeah what do you think about reggae as well like the amount of admiration he's getting at the moment are you like heckling him is there a group chat where you're like oh my god
0: yeah there is a there is a bridgerton group chat yeah <laughs> he's done incredibly well i'm really really proud of him
2: yeah and are you all like in the group chat who's the most active Who's the most
0: active? I'd say Nicola is the most active on all social media and WhatsApp and all that sort of stuff. She's really good at that.
2: And have they have, have you given them a little sneaky copy of the new film? Has anyone from the cast seen it yet?
0: No one from the cast has seen it yet, but I do look forward to sharing it with them.
2: Do you think it's gonna surprise people?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I think so, mostly because she's bathing.
1: <laughs> they hope you can forgive us.
0: My sister. It's a 1980s Glacier Blue 5 series BMW. Everybody just calm down. Turn left! Why did you do it? What on earth
2: were you thinking of? Come here! That's always when I wake up. It's the Flippy Week podcast. I'm Max, and that is a brand new movie: How to Stop a Reoccurring Dream. Guys, it's streaming everywhere. Um, so please support. For more details, go to the show notes. Um, if you've missed by the way any of the previous guests that we've had on the podcast we've had so many awesome people we're on season two already which i can't believe um, especially during lockdown Uh, please subscribe all the podcasts are there for you to enjoy again my special guest is the star of that film the clip you've just heard is ruby barker who you'll know also from bridgerton um ruby what's next i noticed on your instagram that you posted that you're writing your own script so are there plans to direct produce what do you want to do
0: well, but, you know, this is it. I would love to write more. I'd love to produce my own work. Um, I'd like to act in more projects. I'd like to do a bit of theatre. I'd love to do more independent films, like How to Stop a Recurring Dream.
2: That's the dream. And any advice to fellow actors right now that are thinking everybody in Bridgerton is like, sorted! It's been a struggle. You've all had to work to get to this point. So um, any, any like, little gems that you can share with people right now about just your own journey? I
0: would say everybody gets into this industry a different way. So don't be intimidated if going down one path isn't successful for you. Give it another go another way. Everybody has a different story.
2: I'm wishing you all the luck in the future. I think you're brilliant in the film. I can't wait for everyone to see it. And I'm looking forward to seeing your beautiful face back in Bridgerton causing some mayhem. Thank you so much for having me.
1: The time has come for the social season. She to breathe, Mama. My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you. It's the Flippy
2: Week Podcast. I'm Max. I hope you lot enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. It was such a pleasure to talk to all these awesome people. Great people just doing it their own way and doing incredible things. Thank you so much to Ruby for hanging out. Ruby Barker. Check out her film How to Stop a Reoccurring Dream. There is a link in the show notes for more details on where you can stream it and also my full review. Also want to say a huge thank you to Amir Al mazri from Limbo one of the BAFTA nominees. Um, He has such interesting things to say. There's more from him also over at FlippyWeek.net and Lewis Griffin thank you for hanging out and just like chatting about everything that's going on in the world right now guys please subscribe I support what I'm doing the more support you give the more I can get behind amazing people working in um, film tv and music and share all that good stuff with you have an incredible week take care bye